Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. A team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, minus one. It is Kylan, myself, Mike, and we're being joined by field agent Art this week, fill in for Eric. How's everyone doing? Good, good. A little surprised that there was as much Marvel news as there is. Yeah, there, there, there is a chunk out there. And actually, you know, there was a story that came out this week that was not on the list. It just crossed my mind about uh, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be released, so the new want, season. Why don't we add that near the end? All right, that cool. Or we'll just do a brief blurb as a final thought. All right, sounds good. But I'm going to say this week, it's almost, it's almost safe to say, darn that Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Show title right there. There you go. So, somebody write that down before and I'll ask for it at the end of the show. Okay, I'll write it down. Um, so, to get right into it. Runway Season 2, Carolina and Nico's relationship is the emotional core. Um, first season wasn't just a bunch of kids finding out their parents are supervillains, but we're also finding out um, that Carolina was one of the kids who ended up with powers and coming out as she discovered her attraction to women, um, which is fine. No big deal. Uh, Carolina acted on that attraction and she and Nico appeared to have started a relationship. Uh, according to showrunner Josh Schwartz, that relationship is in a large way the emotional core of the second season. Uh, according to Stephanie Savage, they both sort of declared themselves to each other, says co-runner Steph- Stephanie Savage. And now they're in, in a situation where they're living without their parents, but they're living with the rest of the runaways in the same house, which is a pretty quick advancement of a relationship for young people. They're going to be struggling not just with trying to save the world, but how to have an appropriate teenage relationship in such an adult situation. Now, um, for the summary of the sh- guests of this next season. Uh, after discovering their parents are supervillains in disguise, a group of teenagers band together to run away from their homes in order to atone for their parents' actions and discover the secrets their origins. So, um, to me, n- no big deal. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to remember with, with the books... Caroline, Caroline, Carolina and Nico have a relationship there as well, don't they? I, I don't. That's uh, not one of the books I read. Um, but I, I generally um, Marvel doesn't change relationships too often. Um, uh, if there is a enough when it goes from comic to screen or comic to little screen. 
So, I mean, that's and that's, that's probably the case here. Right. Um, I mean, I, and I'll be honest with you, especially if you know, if they're for the dem- demographic that they're aiming at, uh, the representation is good and it's very important because, especially when you're an adolescent and you you realize that you know maybe that you're not straight or that you're you're into somebody right. of the same sex, if those you, you're already going through a lot of crap all already just being a teenager right you know so it's good to see on the screen somebody who is going through what you're going through or experiencing what you're experiencing and it kind of helps make you feel a little more normal right for lack of a better word well <laughs> the, the, the show itself is on hulu so no worries there but i think it's okay and I'm glad that they're not afraid that I'm not sure who's handling it, whether it's Marvel Studios or Marvel Entertainment. It's mm-hmm. handling the show. I, I do think it's cool, though, that it they're touching on current situation. Yes. Yes. They're not afraid to hide it. You know, and but that's just Mar- Marvel being Marvel, because, I mean, back in the 60s. Um, when other companies uh, were 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 trying to skew away from political issues and sensitive issues like race, Marvel went there. You know, Marvel made sure that you have and into this very day they live into that. They they show. You know, we we have um, characters and superheroes who are of different races and of different uh, genders and of different orientations. Um, And they're not just those secondary characters. You know, these are characters who have their own major story arcs from time to time. And, you know, that's the thing uh, that's pro- that's one of the things that I've always loved about Marvel is that it reflects the world that I know. Right. You know, right. Um, I mean, we were talking at work, D.C., of course, home or, or the, the topic or our sister show that revolves in a janitor closet. Um, <laughs> or, or, hey, I've been to that janitor closet. It is pretty spacious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so they bumped up to a a broom closet suite, or, uh, or is it Superman? It's a little less it, than a suite, or is it Superman's changing room? <laughs> Um, come on, Bart. Come on, Bart. You can admit it. The the layer has more amenities than the basement. You know it's true. If you are underground and underwater and above ground, um, I mean you you have all the amenities in the world. It doesn't matter what else you have. Exactly. Exactly. Plus, we got the volcano. We have the volcano and a hella bus and a hella bago. That's also somehow suborbital as well. So. It is it's suborbital. You can't forget that. So location 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 um i mean we're, we're talking at work dc look at your town names for the different characters gotham mm-hmm. metropolis star city central city uh i think only uh-huh. i think only one real city has been mentioned like i know huma louisiana has been mentioned for the thing right. um there was another real city mentioned there's national city which there actually yeah. is a national city but i don't know if 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 it's the same national city that you know if the one that's in the comic is referencing the one that uh that's is actually on the map but right. yeah at uh, one point harley was living in harlem Okay, so a slight reference to New York. Yeah. Uh, I think New York's briefly been mentioned as well. But, I mean, it, it's not like Marvel, where it's 
New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami, New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, it, it's everything takes place in locations you know. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, I could go like when and I went the day that I do go to New York City. My plan is to, at least during the course of that visit, hit all the major spots that are referenced in the Marvel comics. Uh, like I would like to find the location that is the inspiration for the Baxter Building. I have to go to Hell's Kitchen. I have to go to Harlem. I have to go to Brooklyn. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that like. Is it, it adds that extra touch of real, it, you know, think about it. And, ju- and I just have to bring this up. But, but when 9-11 happened, when 9-11 happened and when Marvel wrote their story about it, it made sense. Right. You know, because ever since the 60s of ever since Fantastic Four, actually, probably back in the back in the 40s. Uh, with the the timely stories, New York was part of it. New York was a character, right. and you know, and for for that to happen, you knew that the next month, and for the and and for time after that, you were going to be dealing with the emotional toll that that had not not just on us as a country but on those books because those real feelings and those and those uh kind of the the consequences of other people's actions permeated right you know I, I have to admit this is kind of bad to say but it's like when dc did theirs i'm like you you guys don't really have i mean you have a new york but you don't really have a new york i understand why you're doing this but it's right right See, that's why I, it doesn't make sense. It, it just, just to me, it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I think Marvel has a better grasp of the reality. Not saying that DC doesn't have a grasp of reality. Right. Because they do to some extent. I mean, because look at the whole Green Arrow, Green Lantern with Speedy on drugs. Yes. Okay. I mean, they, they touch on it. And of course, they, they have Teen Titans kind of aim at, at the teenage audience as well. Mm-hmm. But I think Marvel's hits it a little harder. It is a little more realistic about it. It so is. That's, that's one of the things I'm liking about, uh, about the runways, especially the, the shows. Mm-hmm. E- yes. Even, even in many ways with, um, Jessica Jones with Daredevil with Iron Fist. I mean, with the Netflix stuff, there's a lot of reality there within the fantasy. Yes. That, that ties uh, super well. I, I, I will tell you, um, uh, having finished uh, Cloak and Dagger, yeah. um, there's oh a God. lot. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm so glad that we're getting a second season because once it ended, and I'm sitting there like, this could easily have been a Netflix show. Oh, yeah. They didn't. Sh- they didn't shy away from from the grittiness uh, at all. And and you and you had characters who, I all, all I have to say is that um you know and and is something and I know this is something that Eric says a lot and is so true and it's the best way that I can describe Marvel and you know, we you hear us say this all the time on the show. Marvel writes stories about people yeah. who just happen to be superheroes. Right. 
even then just happen to have superpowers. They may not even be superheroes. They just that's, happen to have powers. That's true. I mean, I, like you look at somebody like Jessica Jones, who basically Jessica puts up with her powers. She puts up with it. She 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 knows that she's able to do good and she does but it it ultimate it can be a headache for her or or you look at um to a certain degree look at peter parker okay yeah it's cool that he gets to be spider-man but he does not get to have a normal life no. as much as he wants to be a normal teenager he doesn't get to do that well think about it this way too um with Marvel, your heroes start off as monsters a lot of times. That's true. Look at Tony Stark, who was a monster with his drinking and with everything else. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes a hero. And Peter was a little bit of a jerk when he first got his powers, you know? Bruce Banner was a bit orange before he came green. Yeah, that's but, true. Okay, maybe that didn't work out the same way. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean, though. No, I, I mean, he... I, I was trying to be funny, but... <laughs> um, but I will say, as we're talking about about the shows and reality, uh, we talked about on We Be Geeks. Of, uh, you know, I know it's a DC story, but Tom Cruise is the front runner for Green Lantern. Um, we declared Tom Cruise equals Channing Tatum. I see. You know what? I like Tom Cruise. I really do. Like, I don't. I can't see him as Hal Jordan. That's the only thing. But you know, I. I I don't. I don't like him as Tom. I. I, I just don't like him as Hal. I feel like Hal needs to be needs to be a little bit younger. But you know, <laughs> maybe a little taller too. Maybe a little taller. But see, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but see, and I know that's weird. Like I know a lot. The majority of my friends and the people in my circle do not like Tom Cruise. I'm the only person that does. And. I don't know. But then again, I know a lot of people who love Channing Tatum. And you guys know how I feel about Channing Tatum. But I'm amazed you even uttered his name right now. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, he ends up he ends up in stuff that I really like. So I'm going to have to be able to say his name at some point. But, you know, I mean, like I, I, as much as I love Kingsman, he ended up in Kingsman, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all of five minutes, which was okay. No, five minutes too long. <laughs> anyway, why don't we move on to something a little more gifted, if we shall? Ah, yes. So this, and I gotta say, I love the first season of Gifted. I did, I expected it to suck because Legion was so good. And this ended up being one of the better shows I saw on regular TV. Uh, so I guess um, they just released a new uh, preview for the new season of The Gifted, and they teased that the Strucker family history is going to be explored a bit more this coming season. Oh, well, that's cool. Very cool. Uh, Stephen Moyer and showrunner Matt Nix uh, spoke about the new season of The Gifted and how Moyer's character Reed Strucker will develop mutant powers as well that will do more harm than good. That's the father, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, his dad uh, nullified his abilities, but I was just like, I get the feeling that that's not going to last long. Probably not. Yeah, obviously, if the kid's got the gene somewhere in there, he had to have had it to pass it on. Right, right. Makes you wonder, then, did dad have gene pass along as well? I, you know, I thought his dad did. Yeah. Yeah, his dad did because it happened, like, you got to see a little bit of his power uh, right before he died. Uh. But he, he, just, he wasn't using it. Right. 
while investigating his own past, Reed learned from his father that he has the X-Gene as well, but that his father experimented on him and effectively suppressed the powers, which obviously he didn't. Uh, Andy and Lauren's powers are the same as the telekinesis molecular manipulating abilities as Andrea and Andreas von Strucker, a.k.a. Fenris. Uh, in Marvel Comics, they're terrorists and children of Hydra boss Baron von Strucker. But in this show, the, the Strucker kids are descendants of their line. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I well because I know the 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 brother left to go with the the Brotherhood. Um, would that at be the, the end of the last season? Would that be the Brotherhood of traveling pants? Uh, that that that's another um, franchise. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's got you know I, I hated I hated to see that season is that series end although it ended in a great place but you know I I can't wait for it to start up again I agree I agree yeah It'd be exciting I mean Legion was a rough go again this season well oh my gosh so I've uh, just was- completely forgotten that Legion is an, is a superhero show and it seems to make sense then. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's as long as they forget that this somehow has to do with X Men anyway at all. It kind of just a an acid trip of a paranormal show, right? To say the least. I mean, the the way it screws with your mind is what makes it hard for me to watch. And, and I love the show, but I I can't I can't watch it in, in the in the speed or quickness as they put it out. It's meant for binging. It's not meant for weekly. Yeah, it, it really isn't. That makes it really hard to do. I think like that was something Don and I found ourselves like skipping at least a couple of weeks because there are certain things that happen that based on the way some they, they end some of the episodes, you're like, you're going to end it there. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, and you know, so we would actually you know skip about for about two or three weeks so we can get you no know, three episodes in and kind of get a somewhat of a coherent story. Right. So oh, I think yeah. we're all in consensus. We're looking forward to seeing it come out. I believe this fall. Yeah, I, back I believe. Yeah, I believe it's at the end of September. Okay. So while well, there's something else coming out soon in September, I think it is, or is it October? September actually, it's coming out <laughs> the same day as Iron Fist season two. Oh. oh. Yeah, we're talking about Insomniac Games Spider-Man for the PS4. Uh, looks like it has a release date of September 7th. Uh, so that's uh, just a couple of weeks away, uh, kids. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, just be prepared to not get anything done. Uh, there is a super be awesome... to be playing the game and having another TV set up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to maybe watch the show. To watch and uh, you're going to be you'll be living off of snacks for like, you know, the Ever. next 2 weeks or something. Yeah. This uh and I will tell you um um, I was looking at this trailer, the one of the newest trailers, maybe the last trailer, I don't know, uh to come out for this. And it does this really great job of showing the open world that New York City is for Spider-Man. Uh, so, like, with the trailer, you're getting, you know, all the New York landmarks, of course, but you're also getting 
Avengers Tower. You're getting Sanctum Santorum. You're getting the oh, Daily Bugle. What we see at the Santorum is amazing. It really is. Oh my gosh. I mean, and I mean, and, and, and it's like as you're, you know, as you're pretty as you're listening to the trailer, uh, you're you're having to listen to uh, J uh, to J Jonah Jameson. Uh, on a call with Peter uh, Patterson, I believe he said his name is. Um, but in in this conversation, as uh, as Jay Jonah is ranting as he does, you you get to see Peter or Spider Man not just swing, but he's doing these uh, flips and tricks like like you would see him do in the comics or in the movies. And I mean, there's these giant swan dives that you can do. And there's, you know, the super acrobatic fight, uh, fight techniques that he has. Uh, and you also have backpacks uh, stashed all over the city for that will have whatever number of goods in there for whatever needs or reasons you may have. And apparently you get to you, you'll need access to laboratories pretty much like peter basically you're playing the comic book that's what it is you're playing the comic book and you have the entire city in new york as your playground um that that's all i can really say about that i i'm gonna go back and watch this trailer again and I, you know the thing is uh i will be i would like to think that probably during uh, my breaks from binging Iron Fist, I might be uh, squeezing in a, a little bit of time visiting New York, at least the digital version. And that is confirmed. I am confirming that Spider-Man will launch for the PlayStation 4 on September 7th. So, uh, speaking of Spider-Man, continuing on, Boogie2988 has introduced on Reddit, or got an image on Reddit, or from Reddit, that he posted on his Twitter, um, showing the difference 14 years makes between Spider-Man 2, which in this image is on top, and the new Spider-Man game. One of the things that caught my attention, the costumes almost look similar. Seriously, I was surprised. I mean, everyone was complaining about the white spider, but it was used 14 years ago. Yeah. In a game. Um, I mean, the, what Treyarch did w with the game, I mean, it looks great for 2004 when it came out. I mean, it was ahead of its time then. And, and being open world, uh, and of course, Treyarch was the guys be behind the Call of Duty Black Op, Black Op games. Um, I mean, they took you on all sorts of challenges, fighting thugs, helping with pursuits, Retrieving lost balloons for children. Um, but the city was somewhat limited in design, but it was still beautiful what the developers were able to do back then. You compare it now to 2018 uh, with Insomniac Games, it's a lot more complete. Uh, the lighting is more natural. Uh, you have the sunrise, the sunset looks amazing. I mean, I think I, I thought DC Universe Online nailed it fairly well and, and and Star Wars Old Republic nailed it fairly well. Um, I say Insomniac Games needs to get on to one of the next Star Wars Star Wars games. I want I want to see them do an Avengers based game as well, or take this to the next step and go full out Spider Verse game and do an open source Web Warriors plot. Oh, 
Well, from from what we were talking about the last time I was on the show, they've already tried to introduce all the characters. Yeah, but let's let's go. Let's just take it that one step further. So, um, but I mean, but with this, I mean, if if you loved the Spider-Man games, I mean, there's other other games out there. Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Let you control four different characters in a great adventure. Spider-Man Friend or Foe, um, which is a entertaining beat-em-up game. Ultimate Spider-Man lets you choose between Spidey and Venom for an all-out battle for the city. Um, or you could try and find this one for your Xbox, PlayStation, or GameCube uh, to help pass the time as well until the game comes out September 7th. Yeah, yeah. So, or if you really, really wanted, I just found an online emulator of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Spider Man game. Oh, oh, oh wow! There you go. Would be sweet. That really would. So, <laughs> but there's even more Spider Man. Maybe a little tie in it, even. Uh, yeah. It looks like uh, there might actually be an Iron Man tie in. Really? Uh, when was this article? From yesterday. Yesterday's Daily Bugle reported that there is a hint of Iron Man that may or may not be in the game. Of course, as Bart saying yesterday, we're talking Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So it, they're suspecting it could be a, 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 an in-game moment, maybe a cutscene or something else, but introducing Tony Stark into the game. Okay. Oh, that'd be cool. I guess um, on the on the on the fifteenth, if you on the article, if you scroll down, if you scroll down halfway down the paper, you'll see an ad for a company. Uh, that for a company called Roxon, uh, or Roxon, I can't remember how to pronounce it, and uh, which it, which they're explaining, Roxon's hired agents were responsible for the deaths of Tony Stark's parents. Uh, it's, a, it's no surprise that then the company would partner up with various villains and mobsters to maintain its grip, and no surprise that the company would eventually find itself at odds with Stark Industries. But they could also be uh, in in competition as well with uh, Oscorp too, and we can't forget them and Pym Industries. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot going on. But wait, there's more Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So. Um... See now, now and, I might now I might think different name change or different name for the show. Riding the rails with Spider Man. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, if you're living in New York City, you would be able to do that. Uh, so it seems that uh, Sony and Marvel have uh, teamed up with um, Insomniac Games, of course, and uh, the city of New York to swag out a. Subway, uh, so like the outside of it is red uh, with uh, you know, Marvel Spider-Man all on it, and also this super awesome image of Spidey shooting webs out from the side of the of the car. And then when you walk into the car, it's all you know it's it's the Spider-Man red that we all know and love, but you also have what looks like. Like Spider-Man logos all like etched on the seats, 
And it looks like that there is copies of the Daily Bugle strewn around. How awesome is that? Yeah, so there's so it says here that um uh that uh and this is um and I'm just reading this directly from the comicbook.com article. Uh so it says in the second set of pictures provided by Twitter user Mike Brady which you can see uh, if you go to the link. Uh, it looks like writers can also pick up the Daily Bugle newspaper that was given out to fans a couple of months ago at E3. Featuring a number of stories inspired by the video game, there's also a huge advertisement for the Bugle above noting, we always give you more. Another banner features J. Jonah Jameson showing off with a potential show column called Just the Facts. And so, yeah, you're uh, you'll get to you, you you get to live in the Marvel world that we all talk about and read about on a regular basis. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to live in the Big Apple and <laughs> find this car. So, <clears throat> well, it, a lot of this does sound cool. It really does. I, I, I would totally, I would love to have a copy of the Daily Bugle. I would probably frame that and just be like, hey. Who, you know? who do we know in New York who could potentially get us a copy of it? Hmm. You know what? You're right. So, um, well, we do know next summer is Avengers 4. And oh, what a long, strange road it will be. Uh, but apparently Captain America and Black Widow, Widow will have a harder edge to them. Uh, of course, three Marvel Studio of the three Marvel Studio movies, uh, direct co-directors Joe and Anthony Russo <laughs> have shaped the team of secret Avengers consisting of Captain America, Black Widow, and Falcon. Ooh, secret. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> given that Steve Rogers and Natasha Romanoff have survived Thanos' snap in Avengers Affinity War, fans can expect them to be even scrappier in Avengers 4 uh, and teasing how their journey has shaped them for this film. In Winter Soldier, we found so comp- what we found so compelling about pairing Cap-, Cap and Widow together was he he is a service paragon of morality while she is a paragon of gray, says Joe Russo. Uh, they've grown together, and I think when you find them in this movie and they've been the secret Avengers for two years because they've been hunted by Ross and the government. They're like a tight-knit family now. Her, Sam, and Steve. Uh, it's hardened them. It's hardened all of them in a way you can't go on the run without it affecting you emotionally. So I think of... I think all of those characters, specifically the ones who survived Infinity War, Cap and Natasha, you'll see them with a much harder edge. Uh, now, it's, while it's still hard to believe that every hero who survived won't be hardened after the fall, um, the the destruction of the, the event, yeah, because of the event known as the snapping. But you know, Jabba the Hutt is so fat, Thanos had a snap twice. <laughs> so, I, I'm not saying, but I'm saying... <laughs> um, now... The directors have been more open about Infinity War now that, the, now that the film has hit home video, revealing their intentions and ideas for characters like Iron Man. Uh, in a lot of ways, he is the heart and soul of the Marvel Universe. Well, yeah, he's, he's that 
thread like Rosario Dawson is with the Netflix shows. Uh, he's a fantastic character, a character that we love because he's because he's so flawed and we like characters that are challenging and express their humanity. I think Tony does that as well as any of the characters. He started off as a narcissistic alcoholic and grew into a hero, which I think makes him relatable and signifies what the Marvel Universe stands for, which is character first and heroes defined through the choices they make. And and this just Mm -hmm. backs up what I was saying. He started off as monsters, then become heroes. That's true. That's true. So, um, so, um, yeah, we got the MCU MCU news with Avengers Infinity War. Uh, we know when this fall starts up, we're not getting shield right away. It's going to be after the first of the year. And I think Kylan, you got some more intel on that. Yeah, uh, actually, and I and I just want to double check this because uh, I heard something differently uh about that um so yeah because what i'm getting is they're talking about making it a summer series so which let me see uh and but uh, also i've also i've also heard that they're wanting um to ensure that they're that we're going to get another season as well um so yeah so it says here uh, and this is on tvline.com as well as a couple of other tv sites collider and deadline.com they're moving agents of shield to summer so it's still going to be a 13 episode season but it's being moved to summer of 2019. Now, if you think about this, this makes sense because uh, Shield runs in real time, more or less. Right. So, so what we got was the day of. I think the the show ended pretty much on the day that the attack started. That uh, when when um when. Thanos's wheels started showing up in New York, and I believe they also showed up in L.A. So, so yeah. So the thing is, it it looks like what they're wanting to do is move this to summer. So all the stuff about all the stuff post snap would have been addressed. Because um, if they were to you know have the show run in the fall. There would be a lot of tap dancing that they would have to do because, let's face it, uh, they would not. It would be unbelievable for the entire team to still be there or to have avoided any consequences uh, from what Thanos did. Thanos snap. So, yeah, so it looks like that that's what's happening. Now, uh, on the side note, ABC is also talking about that they're looking for more. Marvel series to add to their lineup. Um, we don't know what that means. That's a very vague. Uh, well, they they got to do something because the the Disney streaming service is coming next year as well. Yeah, right. So, I think that's where we're going to get damage control is on the streaming service. You think so? I think that's where New Warriors is going. Okay, but if Shield's not going to happen until summer. Hmm. 
they've got to put they got to get something new in there or or shield's going to be an afterthought and people aren't going to care it will that's be, true it will become the runaways that is true and if you, you got to have something marvel in there people are not going to forget about in humans sorry yeah but people are going to forget that oh yeah we have marvel shows on this network and then once uh which we'll call it so once Shield comes back, then uh, people won't be watching it. See, you know uh, that that's my concern. But at the same time, if Mar, uh, if ABC does an aggressive ad campaign and they point out that they point out the connection between Shield and Avengers Four, which I think would be the wise thing to do. Well, they've already started doing that at the end of the season, so right. right. So, yeah, I, I think that that would be a great way for them to um, ensure the show's survival. Right. Now, as far as what uh, what additional series we're getting, I don't know, because I know, I know it's not going to be Most Wanted, and I want Most Wanted. Yeah, but I don't see that happening. No, no. I, I, to me, it feels like Shalonda Rhimes has gotten her wish and pretty much is dominating ABC. Is she is she still there though? Because I she thought was over at I, said, I thought she moved over to Netflix. Yeah, but she I did think, move to Netflix. I, I think all her shows though are still there. I mean, Grey's is still there. A lot of her shows, some of them, if they're still on, they're in their last season. So she gets one last hurrah where she she dominates everything. That and and I can see that, and I hope that's not the case. You know, because. I mean, I don't know. There's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I get the thinking. I do, but at the same time, I, I worry that going a whole season without Shield, like you said, is going. People are going to forget about it when it comes when it comes time when it comes back yeah. around. I mean, how how come? I mean, it'd be ideal to have Shield going when uh, Captain Marvel comes in, so you could have that flashback. Yes. To getting ready to deal with Captain Marvel. Especially if Coulson's in it. Yeah. Exactly. Especially if we're going from having Captain Marvel where there is a Coulson to S.H.I.E.L.D. where he isn't going to be there. Yeah, and that's weird to me. And I know know that's happening. I understand why, but... That's just going to be weird to me. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, we'll... I mean, I don't know. It's going to be curious to see... Uh, I don't know. Now, I, I wonder if that means if there's something that's uh, down that's in the pike for a mid-season replacement as well. Is is there a Marvel show that that we're going to get to see mid-season? They needed room for it. I don't know. I don't know. Now, did we talk about this? Oh, actually, no, we didn't talk about this last week because we had Tom Brevoort on. Who? Yeah, that still happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but Captain Marvel. When it's released uh, after the movie will be exclusive to the Disney streaming service following the theatrical release. Really? Yep. Now, after successfully getting the okay to purchase 21st Century Fox and their media assets, uh, they have the necessary tools to combat Netflix and the streaming industry. Uh, Naturally, many wondered how this will affect the releases on Netflix. Um we know that the deal will not directly affect the Netflix Marvel shows such as Punisher, Iron Fist, or Daredevil. Yet, we had no idea how to affect the publication of MCU films, as there's still no official word on when they're starting the streaming service. Luckily, 
Um, someone at the New York Times got some insider information, and it confirms that Marvel's first 2019 film, Captain Marvel, will premiere on Disney's new streaming service. That means Ant-Man and Wasp will be the last MCU film to be released on Netflix. This also confirms that we can expect the still unnamed streaming service to see the light of day around fall of 2019, as it would fit the current release windows of streaming services and adding some potential new issues or release issues. We do not know if the films are currently released on Netflix might be pulled uh, once Disney is pushing their product. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, right. Yeah. But what's going to happen with Netflix shows? Are they going to make the jump or are they going to be staying? I thought they said that the Netflix shows are staying with Netflix. Yeah, because I thought they, they had a rating cut off that okay. was going to be on the Disney service. Huh? I can see that, but I don't. I don't think the streaming service is going to have a, a ratings issue. No, but no, the thing, but like they they didn't want any of the mature content on the streaming service because there wasn't going to be like a way to say only children's programs, only programs for this age group. They could if they did go with the multiple account once you're in like Netflix does. Like on, on my daughter's account for Netflix, there's stuff that we watch that she'll never see come across her thing. Right. So. Yeah. I well, I don't know. I, I just, I remember that question being asked and, uh, Marvel said that the although there won't be any new Marvel content as far as shows from like, you know, any new characters that what Netflix has, they would keep. Right. So I don't know. The thing is, I, I you know, all of that is always subject to change too. But I don't think I I, I think it'd be you'll be very hard pressed to get somebody willing to pay for. Although I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to pay for Netflix and I'm going to pay for the streaming service. But it'll be very difficult for some people, especially if they're just a fan of the TV series, to be willing to move from Netflix over right. to the streaming service yeah. strictly for the shows. You know, right. I could be wrong. At the same time, though, I've just started noticing just the fact that all of these Marvel Netflix shows are coming out really soon after each other this time yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Almost they like are. they're trying to push them out before anything happens. Yes, because uh, this year we're getting four Marvel shows on Netflix. You're getting all four of the Avengers. Because we start off with Jessica. We just had Luke. Now we're getting Danny. And then before Christmas or before the end of the year, we're getting uh, Daredevil. So we're getting all four of the uh, all four of the Defenders in one year. Right. Well, I'm trying to see if there was anything else before uh, we hit our picks of the week. Okay, this one could be fun. Nicholas Cage's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse character is based on Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, of course, we know that he's playing Peter Parker from the Noire 
time period. Uh, given that the time period is this particular Spider-Man hails from, Cage opted to base the character uh, on Go and a few other notable characters from the Golden Age of Hollywood. Cage explains, there are multiple Spider-Men in different dimensions that are all kind of colliding together. My character is Spider-Man Noir. He's really Peter Parker from the 30s. I tried to channel those types of films with Humphrey Bogart and those kinds of sounds that he might have made with James Cagney or Ed- Edward G. Robinson, which I can only think of him saying in, uh, in the Ten Commandments. Where's your Messiah now? Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Um, I tried to give the character that. It was a lot of fun. I think it should be quite funny. The movie definitely has a sense of humor, and it's a good thing because it's all because it's good for the whole family. I know I will be there. So, um, <laughs> along with Nicolas Cage's character, other Spider heroes confirmed into the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider or Spider Woman, whoever she is by this point. Um, Penny Parker. Spider-Ham. Yeah. Bring on Spider-Ham. But the main hook of the story is around more uh, Miles Morales. Okay. So, and fortunately, he has the experienced Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, to mentor him, and together they will face off against Prowler, Kingpin, and Green Goblin. Uh, the movie is set to release December 14th. So, um, won't we hit our picks of the week? And since I've got the MU pick, I guess I go first this week. Okay. Uh, my first pick is Star Wars Darth Vader number 20, written by Charles Soule, uh, and artist is Giuseppe Carmen Coley. Wow. There's Look thunder. out. There's thunder, over, thunder and lightning over on my side of the, of the lair. We must, uh, Namor and Aquaman must be fighting. <laughs> Uh, Fortress Vader Part 2. A thief faces the consequences for their crime. Emperor Palpatine rewards Darth Vader with three gifts. A thing, a choice, and a voice. Mm. Mm. So, Bart, why don't you give us your first pick of the week? Uh, my first pick is Life of Captain Marvel Number 2. The definitive origin of Captain Marvel. For years, Carol Danvers has been at the front of the line protecting Earth and her fellow heroes from harm. Then one visit to her childhood home changed everything. Now her brother's in a coma, and until he's safe, Captain Marvel is standing down. But while Carol is not, Carol may not be looking for danger. It's looking. It is looking for her. A weapon has been unleashed, and Carol's sleepy coastal town is, is about to become the center of its world. Well, uh, cool. Margaret, Margaret Stoll and Carlos Pacheco, Pacheco tear apart Captain Marvel's whole universe. Cool. Well, Kylan, your first pick of the week. My first pick is Punisher number one by Matthew Rosenberg, Ricardo Bercelli, and Greg Smallwood. You can take the Punisher out of the war machine. Punisher no longer has the War Machine armor, but he retained his newly acquired taste for big game, and he's hungry for more. However, the paths of such perilous pursuits are fraught with dangers bigger than any Frank has faced before. And this lone wolf can use otherworldly help on his way up the world stage. Matthew Rosenberg continues pushing the boundaries of the Punisher, and now joined by acclaimed artist Ricardo Bercelli. This is the first Punisher. This is the book Punisher fans will be talking about for years to come. See that? 
Well, my second pick of the week comes from Jody Hauser, Kev Walker, and Ashley Witter. That's Star Wars Dr. Afro number 23. Good news, the Imperials have abandoned a Kresker jail. Bad news, first they shot at it with a rebel planet. Or first they shot it at a rebel planet. Uh, from unscrumptious inmate Dr. Afra, accompanied by former flame Sana Staros and current flame Inspector Tolvin. Uh, awkward. Chances <laughs> to escape are dwindling fast. Good thing Afra's not distracted by an expensive relic, right? I swear, Indiana. I, I want to play the Indiana Jones theme song as I'm. <laughs> the book or the soundtrack to Indiana Jones. So, uh, Bart, your second pick. My second pick is by Brandon Montclair and the sh- Natasha Bustos. It's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 34. Uh, save our school ramps up. Uh, the DOE citywide exam is getting closer and everyone is counting on Lunella to keep PS20 at the top of the class. It's hard enough juggling school and her life as a superhero, but now Lunella's cousin has come for a visit. Look out, world. It's the first appearance of Devin Dinosaur. Okay. Okay. So, Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick is Wakanda Forever Avengers number one. Uh, This is by Nnedi Okarfor, Oleg Okunev, and Terry Dots. The hunt for malice reaches its climax. The Black Panther joins the fight against Nakia, a.k.a. the villainous and crazed Malice. Finally, the man of her dreams is within Nakia's grasp, but he's brought a few friends with him, and they're not happy about the world-ending weapon she just unleashed. The seemingly all-powerful Mimic 27 has already laid out Storm and the X-Men, and the Dora Milaje are at a loss. If they're going to save Wakanda and the rest of the world, okay, Io and Anika will have to delve deep into the mysteries of the Doras. Best-selling author Inedi Okafor reveals secrets of the Dora Milaje in the final installment of Wakanda Forever. Cool. Well, it's time for final picks of the week. My final pick of the week is West Coast Avengers number one uh, with Kelly Thompson and Stephanie Casili. A new era dawn. Avengers assemble. Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. Hawkeye, Clint Barton. A guy named Fuse. Never have they ever been called the big three of anything. But now, here they are, reunited for, okay, well, only the second time ever. Thank God they also brought in America Chavez, Gwynpool, and Kid America. Wait, what? That's right. It's the new West Coast Avengers, son. And you better hope they can figure out how to save the world because big things are headed for the West Coast. So I wonder, since we didn't see Hawkeye in Affinity War, mm-hmm. could he be out West dealing with the L.A. stuff, possibly creating the West Coast Avengers there? And if so, could we get a West Coast Avengers movie? It's possible, although, you know, he was under house arrest. That's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking Clint. That's true, too. So, yeah. um, Bart, your second pick of the week, or your final pick uh, of the third week. Third week, oh, yeah. It's been a long uh, week. Speaking of Hawkeye, uh, my third pick is Old Man Hawkeye number eight. Great choice. Uh, Hawkeye and Hawkeye together again. 
It's Hawkeye and Hawkeye back together again as Kate Bishop and Clint Barton make their way across the wastelands. But what will their confrontation with Songbird reveal? Plus, Bullseye versus Red Skull's secret weapon, the Winter Soldier. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Kylan, your final pick. My final pick is Daredevil number 607 with Charles Soule and Phil Noto. Once Matt Murdock's alter ego and fake twin brother, Mike Murdock, has been made flesh and blood thanks to the inhuman reader, but... Mike Murdoch has motivations of his own and all the cunning and skill of his brother Matt at his disposal to make them come to fruition. And things only get worse as Mike zeroes in on the people Matt cares about the most. Yep. So, well, I've got the MU pick and I I think this is a pretty pretty solid pick for for this week. It's Gwynpool special number one, 2015. And all, oh, okay, wait. Some people are going, what's MU? Well, that's Marvel Unlimited. You know, where it's a, it's a library, online library of over 20,000 titles. And it's so worth it. It really is. It's, it really is. Oh, my God. Because yeah. you can read books like this. Um, an all-new, all-different Marvel holiday special. She-Hulk throws a holiday party and invites the entire Marvel U. Deadpool teams up with both Hawkeyes, Clint, Kate, and Clint to stop a pickpocket. As Marvel takes on her most dangerous threat yet, the Holiday Blues. And then there's a reason for the season all special. Gwynpool. Yep, you read that right? Gwynpool. Come on. You know you're curious. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to toss this out there before... Before we go, uh, it has. I know we weren't going to talk about it, but actually, totally different story. Never mind. Um, earlier on Thursday, as we were recording, Marvel fans were blown away by the newest trailer from Iron Fist. Um, Netflix has debuted a new poster for this for the show. Uh, the poster shows Danny Rand and Colleen Wing looking at some point at some sort of threats in the distance as Danny's Iron Fist begins to glow. Uh, the poster is relatively simple but effective to help keep the momentum of the new season that has already been accumulated. A uh, majority of the fights, if not all of them, were performed by all the actors in the show, and doubles were used very minimally. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, outside of a new arc for Danny, we're going to see more Daughters of the Dragon, and expected to see the Marvel debut of Typhoid Mary. Man, so, okay, that's going to be awesome. So, yeah, what are y'all's thoughts on this? Well, you know, I, I saw the trailer earlier today, and I'm floored by it. Um, we kind of got a glimpse of what Danny would, was going to be like in um, episode 10 of the second uh, se- season of Luke Cage. And it's good to see that what we're what we were hoping for and having our fingers crossed for what have you. Uh, it this feels is, like that they've been, been answered. This looks like a very different show than season one. It is. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. It's I am like so it's excited. It, it is. You know. I mean, I I don't know. I I think that. Um. I mean, on top of that, uh, at least the word is that we're getting the daughters of the dragon too. Yep. So you know. So that means that Colleen and um. Um. Misty are going to officially team up and I can't help but feel like that that may also prove to be um, 
the thing that may cause Luke to think about what well, maybe Danny and I need to team up. Right. Which maybe we'll get uh, Heroes for Hire instead of season three for the two of them. Oh, please. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of changes and whatnot, how would you like to see Buffy the Vampire Slayer come to Marvel Comics? What about Firefly, maybe? I'd be for that. I, I, you know, the thing is, I, I know that Buffy has a certain look and a certain quality. Yeah. Part of I, part of the problem is, and the article I, did, I read earlier today was that Joss Whedon had left the comics for a while. Right. There was a writing staff on it. They had it all handled. And he came back this season of comics because Fox said, we want to buy up all the rights to Buffy because we have this show coming out. Right. And we don't want the comics happening coincidingly. Right. But so Joss Whedon came back to the comics specifically to end them. Well, very well still, though, since that's a franchise. I mean, let's look at some of the other franchises Fox bring with it. Please, no, not an Avatar comics. Uh, but Alien vs. Predator, which I think was Dark Horse, can now come to Marvel. Can you imagine a- adding those characters into the MCU somewhere on occasion? Uh, uh, wow. They're, they're, um, yeah. Since Fox is pulling Buffy, maybe she could end up having her own story universe like Star Wars does. And not interact. She will interact. There's also a question of the character Frey that he created that is part of the Buffy universe, but really its own standalone thing. Yeah. Because it was created prior to the Buffy comics. There's still up in the air whether Dark Horse owns that and would be bought out or he owns that and technically no one, no comic publisher owns it other than him. Right. So that could very well, a whole series of that could be brought out and there's no problem. It probably wouldn't be the same without him writing it, but. Right. So, well, that's going to bring us to a close. Any final thoughts? Mm. I'm saying, I'm going to say this light is very close. (laughs) I'm seeing the room light up more and more. Oh, well, then uh, maybe that's the, I, I would just ditto your thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, until next time. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. We don't have horses, just dogs, cats, birds. They give me one of those large enough to ride.